This evening we shall consider the calling of the Gentiles. The calling of the Gentiles, our passage of scripture, is Malachi chapter 1, verses 10 and 11. Verses 10 and 11, just two verses. Let's have a look at them now. Those two verses. Who is there even among you that would shut the doors for naught? Neither do ye kindle fire on mine altar for naught. I have no pleasure in you, saith the Lord of hosts. Neither will I accept an offering at your hand. For from the rising of the sun, even unto the going down of the same, my name shall be great among the Gentiles, and in every place incense shall be offered unto my name, and a pure offering, for my name shall be great among the heathen, saith the Lord of hosts. Throughout the Bible, there are examples of people whose worship of God was empty and offensive to God, and God was not pleased Going all the way back to when God delivered the Israelites out of captivity, out of slavery in Egypt, they had the Egypt, uh, the the Israelites they held a feast to the Lord and worshipped the golden calf that Aaron, the brother of Moses, had made. As was mentioned last week. When Eli was high priest about 600 years before what we're looking at in Malachi, Eli's two sons, who were themselves priests, they behaved shamefully with regard to the animal sacrifices in that they took the choicest cuts for themselves. When we were looking at Malachi last week, we saw that the priests retained the finest of the flock for themselves and they brought to the altar that which was contemptible, thereby showing their contempt for the Lord. Even though the, the, the divine requirement under the Old Testament law was that the lamb placed upon the altar should be without spot or blemish, the finest of the flock, the priests offered that which was blind, lame and sick. Ultimately, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Such a heart is one in which the Lord Jesus Christ dwells, who is himself a lamb without blemish and without spot. And he laid down his life And he poured out his own precious blood as an atonement for sin. The offerings that were uh, presented by the the priests in the time of Malachi and all through the, the Old Testament times, they all pointed to the Lord Jesus Christ. And what they were doing was offering the, the lame, the blind, the sick contemptible sacrifices. Their responses to the Lord showed very clearly that they had more than a hint of self-righteous indignation. For example, 
The Lord said in verse 6, O priests that despise my name. And they replied, Wherein have we despised thy name? In verse 7, the Lord said, Ye offer polluted bread upon mine altar. And their response to that charge was, Wherein have we polluted thee? Also, we haven't got there yet, but uh, looking at chapter 2 and verse 17, Malachi said, Ye have wearied the Lord with your words. And they replied with the question, Wherein have we wearied him? Astonishingly, when the Lord graciously invited the priests to return to him in chapter 3 and verse 7, saying, Return unto me, and I will return unto you. They denied that there was any need for such an invitation, saying, Wherein shall we return? Today we shall consider the calling of the Gentiles. Look again at verse 11 in chapter 1. For from the rising of the sun, even unto the going down of the same, my name shall be great among the Gentiles, and in every place incense shall be offered unto my name, and a pure offering, for my name shall be great among the heathen, or uh, among the nations, saith the Lord of hosts. This verse is highly significant in this book, Indeed, in the Old Testament, it's highly significant in that the Lord, through his messenger, declared that his name shall be great among the Gentiles. Therefore, in verse 11, the Lord of hosts announced that at some time in the future, he would be worshipped by the Gentiles and that they would know him as their father and as their master. This is not the first time that future blessings for the Gentile nations were proclaimed in Old Testament prophecy with predictions that the Lord, uh, that the name of the Lord shall be exalted among the nations. For example, in Psalm 86 and verse 9, it is written, All nations whom thou hast made shall come and worship before thee, O Lord and shall glorify thy name, all nations. Also, there are two verses of, in the shortest psalm of all. The shortest psalm is Psalm 117. And this is what you'll find in that psalm. The following words. Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Lord him, all you peoples. For his merciful kindness is great towards us and the truth of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. And that's it. That's Psalm 117. Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. And all of that should come as no great surprise to you if you are familiar with the promise that the Lord made to Abraham about 2000 BC when he said to him in Genesis chapter 12 and verse 3, I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee and in thee 
shall all the families of the earth be blessed. All the families of the earth be blessed. It's clear that it always was God's plan to send his only begotten son, the Lord Jesus Christ, into the world. Not just um, for the Jews, but also for the Gentile nations. For example, in the prophetic words of Isaiah chapter 49, verses 1 through to 6, the Lord Jesus is hailed as a light to the Gentiles. I'll read this for you. Psalm Uh, Sorry, Isaiah 49, reading from verse 1. Listen, O isles, unto me, and hearken ye people from far. The Lord hath called me from the womb. Who do you think the, the, the prophet's speaking of there? The Lord hath called me from the womb. From the bowels of my mother hath he made mention of my name. And he hath made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand have he hid me and made me a polished shaft in his quiver have he hid me and said unto me, Thou art my servant, O Israel, in whom I will be glorified. Then I said, I have laboured in vain, I have spent my strength for naught and in vain. Yet surely my judgment is with the Lord and my work with my God. And now saith the Lord that formed me from the womb, to be his servant, to bring Jacob again unto him. Though Israel be not gathered, yet shall I be glorious in the eyes of the Lord, and my God shall be my, my God shall be my strength. And he said, it is a light thing that thou shouldest be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved of Israel. I will also give thee for a light to the Gentiles, that thou mayest be my salvation unto the end of the earth. Similarly, in Isaiah chapter 42 and verse 6, the following prophetic words are written about the Lord Jesus Christ. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness and will hold your hand. I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the Gentiles. In case there's anyone out there thinking, well, that's not about Jesus, it's actually speaking of the prophet. It's speaking about the prophet. Well, about 700 years after Isaiah prophesied, a man whose name was Simeon clearly understood the meaning of what had been said by him. Baby Jesus was presented at the temple. Simeon took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory of your people, Israel. Coming back to Malachi chapter 1 and verse 11, it starts with the word for. For, from the rising of the sun, even unto the going down of the same, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. 
you probably all know by now that it's always a good idea to look up to the, the, the verses that proceed when you see a verse starting with for or therefore. It's telling you to look above it, isn't it? And you'll see in this case, when you look up to verse 10, that it is written, I have no pleasure in you, saith the Lord of hosts, neither will I accept an offering at your hand. With that in mind, it's clear that the Lord would put into effect his plan to be great among the nations at a time in which he would reject Israel. This is how John Calvin interpreted verses 10 and 11. God has repudiated you, but he will find other sons for himself who will occupy your place. He had repudiated in the last verse their sacrifices and we know how haughtily the Jews gloried in the holiness of their race. As then they were inflated with so much pride, they thought that God would be no God except he had them as his holy church. The prophet here answers them and anticipates their objection by saying that God's name would be celebrated throughout the whole world. For the past 2,000 years, ever since the Lord Jesus Christ came down from heaven as the light of the world, repentant sinners from all nations have been brought to a saving knowledge of Jesus. They have bowed the knee, they have confessed with their mouths that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And indeed, the name of the Lord is great among the nations. In his epistle to the elect of God, strangers and pilgrims in this world, this is who Peter wrote to, various people, and uh, when you look at it, Gentiles scattered in various places. He said in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvellous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. In those verses we see that people from all nations of the world, for whom the name of the Lord is great, are united as one holy nation in their great God and Saviour Jesus Christ, whose sacrificial death was foreshadowed in all those Old Testament sacrifices and offerings. Likewise, in Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 and 10, heaven can be seen to be a place where the Lord is honoured and glorified by redeemed souls from all nations. This is precisely what the Apostle John, who had the heavenly vision, said. After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude which no, no one could number, 
of all nations, tribes, peoples and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Finally, we can see in verse 11 that the name of the Lord shall be great among the Gentiles and in every place incense shall be offered unto my name and a pure offering. In the Old Testament, the burning of incense was a picture of prayer going up to God. For example, in Psalm 141 verses 1 and 2, David said, Lord, I cry out to you, make haste to me, give ear to my voice when I cry out to you. Let my prayer be set before you as incense, the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Even in the New Testament, the prayers of all born-again Christians are uh, pictured as incense, reaching up to heaven. For example, in Revelation chapter 5 and verse 8, it is written, Now when he, that's the Lord Jesus Christ, had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. However, worship is not about incense, is it? I think um, some of some people need to haven't really understood that. Various other religious religions they they burn incense as if somehow that incense is pleasing to God. That's not worship. Is that's not what worship is all about. It's about hearts. For example, Jesus met a Samaritan woman who said to him, Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. And Jesus said to her, The hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Therefore, with the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the separation between the Jews and the Gentiles has gone. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. All of the Lord's children have equal access to him through the Lord Jesus Christ. Worship is no longer an external ritual that takes place in a man-made temple in Jerusalem with incense. Pure offerings are made in the temple whose name is Jesus. They are made in spirit and truth, which means that they proceed from hearts that are sprinkled with the blood of Christ, and which are consecrated to God. 
They are the only offerings that reach heaven as sweet-smelling incense. Such offerings are directed by truth rather than by ceremony and ritual. What that means is that you can religiously and regularly come to church. Wonderful that people come to church. And here, not just once on a Sunday, but twice. And you can say your prayers. But if you have not trusted in Jesus as your saviour from sin, your worship will not be acceptable to God. And your prayers will not reach God as a, swell, as a sweet-smelling savour. Instead, God will not hear you. It takes us back to what we've been reading in Malachi, the contemptible sacrifices. How can it be different for, for anyone who comes to church, sings the hymns, says an amen at the end of the prayer, and so on, and yet they have not received Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. Does anyone imagine that that sacrifice will be acceptable to God? The answer has to be no. Can you see that even when people do these things, their offerings, people who are not trusting in Jesus for their salvation, their offerings are no better than the blind and lame and the sick sacrifices of Israel in Malachi's time. And we've seen it in verse 10 there. Those offerings are more to the point. The people themselves who made those offerings were rejected by the Lord. May it please God to grant each one of you here repentance and faith in his dear son, the Lord Jesus Christ, in order that your offerings proceed in from a pure heart in which Christ dwells. And those offerings are offered in a pure and a spiritual manner through the pure incense of Christ's intercession on your behalf. In Jesus' name, Amen.